Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you this morning. I'm Pastor Tuck, and welcome to the Word at My Church. If this is your first time joining us, we want you to know you're in exactly the right place. You're exactly where God wants you to be. And I want to encourage you to share this broadcast with at least three people, because as believers, we have a mandate to spread the gospel of Christ all over the world. We are a teaching ministry with a mission to help people get better by teaching them how the word works. So go ahead and get your Bible, your notebook, your pen, your highlighter, and let's get ready to dig into God's word. But before we do, let's begin with our Bible confession. So go ahead and grab your Bibles in your hand and repeat after me. This is my Bible. I believe every word. I am who it says I am. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. By hearing its word and applying it by faith, it'll change my life. So I declare right now from this day forward that my life will never, ever, ever be the same again. And neither shall the life of anyone with whom I share this word. So I declare I'm going to share this word with someone so that their life may be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Let us bow our heads. Precious God, Lord, we thank you today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the moments of preaching. Father, we thank you, Lord, for every opportunity. Father God, Lord, to just come before you. Lord, to spend time in your presence. Father God, Lord, as we approach your throne of grace, Father God, Lord, I ask you, Lord, Lord, to speak for me, speak through me. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Lord, have, what, have your way, Lord, in this place. Father God, Lord, do what you want to do on this platform. Father God, Lord, this is all you're doing, all you're choosing. Father God, Lord, the method, Father God, you've chosen, chosen to give your message to your people. So, Lord, I ask you now, Lord, that you would open hearts, minds, Father God, Lord, the ears will be attentive, that hearts will be receptive. Father God, eyes will be alert. Father God, Lord, that they would receive, Father God, all that you are pouring out from heaven. Father God, because your word declares any time that we can see, hear, and understand, we can be converted into that which we see, hear, and understand. Lord, so we thank you, Lord, today. Father God, for insight, foresight, and revelation from heaven. Father God, pour out, Father God, that we, Lord, may be transformed into that which you have called us to be. And Lord, that we may transform the earth, Father God, into that which you have chosen. Father God, Lord, your word declares, Lord, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Father God, Lord, we are your change agents here on earth. Use us, Lord, the way you so desire. Allow your Holy Spirit to move through us. Father God, we're your chosen vessels and we submit ourselves unto you. Lord, have your way like never before. We bind every contrary spirit, every demonic force, every technical demon, Father God, Lord. And we declare, Lord, and release, Lord, the spirit of excellence, Lord, in this place. And we thank you, Lord, for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. God bless you today. I'm so excited. Now, if you've been with us, you know that this is the year that God wants to restore the church to a place of greater influence and impact. And for the past few months, we've been talking about the process of restoration. And we've been dealing with all the things that are necessary in order to experience what God desires for us. We've been talking about shifting our focus and our way of thinking, our way of speaking, 
all of the preparation necessary in order to go through this restoration process. And I know some of you have been wondering, why are we spending so much time dealing with this? Well, it's because God doesn't want you to miss what he's trying to do in your life. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, open your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. Isaiah, chapter 43. And when you get there, look at verse 18. Isaiah 43, beginning at verse 18. And I'm reading from the New International Version of the text. And it reads, Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. Here God says, I'm doing something different. But if you're not careful, you're going to miss it. I told you on last time, when Adam and Eve partook of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we became sense dependent. We became dependent on our five senses, the things that we can see, hear, taste, touch, and feel. And we became more influenced by what we could see and feel than what God said, which allowed the enemy to deceive us by using the things that we experience to influence our thoughts and decisions. But Jesus came to restore our perception. And that's extremely important during a time of transition. As a matter of fact, recently, I've been talking with several men and women of God about the shifts and transitions that are taking place in society as well as the kingdom. Changes in the way we communicate, do ministry, business, and even worship. And a common observation is that many people are struggling with it. There is this underlying sense of resistance. And as I was praying about what God showed me, is that whenever we're faced with the transition season, as believers, we must not allow the enemy to cause us to revert to sense dependency. Uh, what do you mean, Pastor? See, when God's preparing us for a season of transition, it's important that we do not become enamored with where we were that we don't get so caught up in where we've been that we miss where he's taking us. Oh, I think I need to say that again. We cannot become so enamored with where we've been that we miss out on where he's taking us. And that's critical in these times. See, one of the reasons that many of us never reach our full potential, 
that we never experience the things that God has in store for us is because we are so focused on what's behind. We get so caught up in the past that we miss the promise. We spend so much time mourning what we had to give up is that we miss out on what God's trying to give us. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, you said he was going to restore. But we have to understand that there's a difference between restoration and regression. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. The difference between restoration and regression. Because many times people confuse the two. But restoration doesn't mean taking us backwards. Or just giving us something old. The dictionary defines the word restore as to restore a person to a specific thing which was lost or which has been taken from them, unjustly detained to replace or to return a person or thing to a former condition, to bring back or recover from lapse, degeneracy, declination, or ruin to its former state, to heal, to recover, from disease, to repair, to rebuild, to revive, to resuscitate, to bring back to life, to return or bring back after absence, to renew or establish after interruption, to recover or renew. It suggests improvement, something higher, something better than we've had before. Where the word regress means to go backward, to revert to an earlier or less advanced state or form. And the Bible says that the glory of this latter house shall be greater than that of the former. So where God is taking us will always be better than where we're coming from. Oh, I need y'all to catch what I just said. See, where God is taking us will always be better than where we're coming from. See, when God speaks of restoration, he's referring to the original state of his will. For us prior to the fall, which was perfect. So when we look back, desiring the things of our past, versus where God is trying to take us. We're looking forward. We're looking for something flawed, something broken. When God actually has something better. Oh, let me help y'all see this. Go over to Exodus chapter three, Exodus chapter three. Exodus chapter three, Exodus chapter three, 
And here it says in verse 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to a place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, and the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send to Pharaoh, send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Mm. This is major. This is major. Here we see God take talking to Moses about rescuing the children of Israel from Egypt and taking them to the promised land. It's a promise to restore them to their former glory. Now, if you recall how the Israelites first came to captivity, they first came to Egypt while Joseph was in favor with Pharaoh. And they prospered and multiplied. But they had been there so long that the current Pharaoh did not remember Joseph. And he put them in bondage out of fear because they had multiplied so greatly. So for many of them, all they had ever known was slavery. So God's promise to restore them was not a plan of regression to take them backward to a familiar place or time in history, but instead to return them to where he had always intended for them to be. But like many of us during the season of transition, they refused to adapt instead of receiving they resisted. What do you mean, Pastor? Go over to Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. And when you get there, look at verse 10. It says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is there not the word that we told you in Egypt? saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. 
For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. Now, if you're familiar with this story, you know that God pressure, he put pressure on Pharaoh and made him release the Israelites. Y'all remember the plagues and he even made them bless them on their way out. He made the very people who held them in bondage to give them their spoils, their gold, their silver to, to take with them when they left. But then Pharaoh changed his mind. He realized that I'm sending them out, my country's entire workforce, and my entire economy with them. This is a problem. And so he tries to chase them down. But at the first sign of adversity, they were ready to return to slavery. They wanted to go back to Egypt. They wanted to go back to what they were used to, not because it was better, but because it was familiar. And that's the problem with so many of us. We'd rather have the things that we're used to the things that we're familiar with, the places we used to go, the things we used to do, the people we used to hang out with, whether it's people, places, relationships, or routines. But those may be the very situations and circumstances that God is trying to deliver us from. See, if we're going to experience what God has in store for us, we've got to stop focusing on where we have been because he wants to take us to a higher level. Oh, somebody needs to type that in the comments. Stop looking at where you come from and focus on where he's taking you. Yeah. See, because he's trying to restore us to the place of his original intent for our lives. As a matter of fact, turn over to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. And when you get to look at verse 17. Numbers chapter 13, beginning at verse 17. Here he says, now around verse 17, it says that Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. He said, go up into the south, to the mountains, to see what the land is like, whether the people are strong or weak whether the land is good or bad. So they went up and spied out the land. And that now look at verse 26. Because here's where things get interesting. It says, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron 
and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where he sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless. Hmm. Now that word, nevertheless. In other words, even though we have seen that God's word is true, we still won't trust it. They said the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Now look at verse 30. It says, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Here, Caleb says, we can't get caught up in what we perceive with our senses because we know what God said. In verse 31, it says, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they had spied out saying the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom they saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from giants. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so were we in their sight. In other words, that's what we perceive in the sense realm. See, in their mind, the way they felt, what they saw, what they heard, how they felt emotionally, all, all of the things that they were taking in through their senses because they were sense dependent overrode the things that God said. And they perceived that they were unable to do what God had said. Now, look at Numbers 14. Look at verse 1. It says, so all of the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. All of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if we only had died in the land of Egypt, or if we only had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? I told you when we are sense dependent, 
more influenced by what we see and feel than what God said. It allows the enemy to deceive us by using the things that we experience to influence our thoughts and decisions. See, we'll, we'll get so caught up in what happened last time. We'll get so caught up in, in, in our emotions, how we're feeling. We'll get so caught up in, in some of the, the pressures or the anxiety, the stresses, the, the things, the, the things that appear to be negative, that, that the anticipation of things going wrong and we'll be ready to quit before we start. Look at verse four. He says, so they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. See, one of the reasons why people often find themselves struggling is that during moments of transition, when challenges and conflict arise, because they're relying on their senses, how they feel rather than what God said, instead of going where God tells them to go, they choose to go back to where they're comfortable. Oh, I'm going to give you a minute to, to absorb that one. Because we're relying on our senses, how we feel, rather than what God said, instead of going where he tells us to go, we choose to go back to where we're comfortable. So instead of being restored, we actually regress. We see that often ways too, all too often. We see people who are experiencing challenges. Uh, uh, God's trying to elevate them, whether it's on their job or in ministry or, or whatever season in life. God's trying to take them somewhere else. He's trying to restore them to the place that he initially designed for them to be in. And because of the, 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 the challenges, the obstacles that are appearing, they haven't even gotten to the obstacle yet, but they can see it down the road. Watch this. Me and my daughter were in the car one day, and we were driving down the road. And you probably experienced this yourself. You're driving down the road, and you look off in the distance, and you see this huge hill. On the highway. I mean, you know, you're driving on this highway and you can see this huge hill. And it looks like, I mean, like a roller coaster type hill. But as you're going, eventually you're on top of the hill and you never even felt yourself go up. See, because off in a distance, it looks a whole lot bigger than it does when you actually get up on it. Oh, Jesus. I, 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 I pray you felt that one in your spirit. I, I pray you caught that just now, what I just said. See, off in a distance, it often appears bigger than it does when you actually get up on it. See, that's one of the tricks of the enemy. He'll make something look huge. But when you actually get close, you're like, hey, that's not that big at all. And it's your anticipation of what is going to take to climb that hill, you'll actually retreat 
surrender and walk away from the journey before you ever get started thinking that it's a lot to it when it was really nothing. See, see, during those moments of transition, see, we find ourselves in that place where we're relying on how we feel, that anxiety, that stress, that fear, because of the things that the enemy is presenting to us in the sense realm. You remember last time I told you how your eyes work. See, there are so many things that, that there's, a, there's another phenomenon called perspective. How you can make things appear bigger. We learned this even in art class, how you can draw things and make things appear bigger. Simply by where you place them in the field of view. There are museums where you can go to and it looks like something is huge, but it's actually very small simply because of the perspective. And that's the enemy's job. That's his greatest tool is to put things and make it look so big that you would actually choose to go back to where you're comfortable. Instead of going where God tells you to go. And so instead of being restored, you actually regress. Instead of receiving what God has for you, you forfeit your promise. Mm. Look at verse 22. He says, because all these men who have seen my glory and the signs which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness have put me to the net test now these 10 times and have not heeded my voice. They certainly shall not see the land which I swore to their forefathers, nor shall any of those who rejected me. Mm. See the deception of regression is that not only can you not go back, but it hinders you from going forward. See these very guys who said, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. They didn't go, they didn't make it back to Egypt, but they also didn't make it in the promised land. See regression will paralyze you where you cannot make any progress at all. neither forward or backwards. You just become stagnant. Verse 24 says, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has allowed me to fully, has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. See, when God is transitioning us, it requires a shifting to a new way of doing things. See, we've got to learn to live above the sense realm. 
See, I, I don't care how you felt before. I don't care what you've seen before. I don't care how it went the last time. When God is trying to shift you, when he's trying to transition you, you've got to shift to a new way of doing things. See, maybe the reason why you've always been in the place you're in is because you've always operated based on your senses. You always tried to do what was comfortable. And so you've always been stuck. You've never been able to make any progress because you can't go back. None of us have a time machine. And you can't move forward because you won't obey God. So you're stuck in a rut. And God's trying to take you forward. So you've got to learn to rely on the God guidance of the Holy Spirit. Watch this. In this season of transition, you may have lost your job, a relationship, had to change the way you do ministry. And God wants to restore you. But first, you've got to stop mourning the way it used to be. Oh, let me help y'all see that. I was having a conversation with my wife the other day. And we were talking about some things some shifts, some challenges that have taken place. And we were talking about something, and I believe she might have even mentioned it the last time she ministered. And she was looking at some T-shirts online. And she was showing me a T-shirt that said something about social workers. And I said, baby, it's time you let that go. You're no longer a social worker. See, my wife has been retired almost two years. And, and part of that resistance was because it wasn't by her choice that she had to retire. But the Bible says all things work together for our good. See, some of the things we're trying to hold on to, God was trying to deliver us from. See, God was trying to transition us. And see what I had to explain her. I said, see, God was transitioning you to where he originally intended for you to be. You were never a social worker. You were always in a position to do ministry while you were on your job. And now God has delivered you from your job so that you can do ministry. And you're still mourning a job. And so he cannot restore you and elevate you to the place of full ministry that he wants to utilize you in while you're starting to go back to the place where you're comfortable. And see, that's the same thing he's trying to do with some of you. God's trying to shift the way that he wants to use you. See, during this pandemic crisis that the world saw as crisis, God said that we were going through a season of great change as the body.
and a lot of stuff shifted. And so many of us, we've been fighting the shift. We've been so upset about some of the changes that shifted the way we do ministry, the way we communicate, the way we do business, the way we worship that we've missed that God is trying to utilize everything because all things work together for our good. And God has been trying to take us to a place that he always intended. And even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of conflict, even in the midst of adversity, God said, I'm trying to restore you. But because we're not comfortable, because we're going based on our senses, how we feel about it, how it looks to us, the enemy is now using it to keep us from receiving. We've been rejecting it. And it's caused us to regress. And we've become stagnant. But God said, you've got to understand if you're going to experience the things that I have in store for you, you've got to stop mourning the way it used to be. Because there's a difference between restoration and regression. God said, I'm trying to take you to the next place. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Don't allow your warped sense of perception. The fact that you're still operating off sense-based knowledge. To cause you to miss out on what God's trying to tell you. What he's trying to show you where he's trying to take you. See, if I had been stuck where things were comfortable, you wouldn't be watching this broadcast right now on all of the platforms that you are. But God said, it's time for a shift. And even though our methods may change, the method does not. God said, you've got to be able to move when I move. So whether you're on this new job and you're, you're, you're anxious about how this is going to be, God says, stop looking at what you see and listen to what I said. God said, I brought you an entirely new relationship and you're already dooming it to gloom based on what you've experienced before. God said, I'm trying to show you what I've always intended for your life. God said, yeah, we do ministry different and you can't even come to me because I've been trying to show you what you've been holding on to was never me in the first place. Because you're trying to regress. And God said, I'm trying to restore you. If you're listening to this message today, you're like, wow, I missed it. It's not to beat you up. It's not to make you feel bad. 
is so that you can make a decision like Caleb and say, we are well able to do this. So that God can say, you have a different spirit in you. You follow me fully. And now I'm going to bring you into the land. So that you can inherit what I have in store for you. You can receive what God has in store for you. And if you're listening, you're like, man, this sounds amazing. But I really don't know God like that. Well, guess what? You're in exactly the right place. You're in the perfect place because I can introduce you today. If you've never received Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this is your chance. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you can be saved. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory. So it's not what you've done wrong that keeps you from getting to God. It's the decision that you make after. See, because everybody's messed up. We were born in sin because of the decision that Adam and Eve made. Put us in, on that path to destruction. We had a death sentence on our head. But God so loved us that he didn't want us to die that way. He sent his son Jesus. He loved us so much he did not want us to die in that condition. And he gave us the opportunity to make things change. To make a difference. All we got to do is believe that he loved us that much. And be willing to accept the offer. Salvation is free but it comes with a cost. And the cost is your life. You've got to be willing to give him permission to make your every decision. Make him your Lord. Not just your Savior. See because that's a package deal. In order for him to become your Savior you have to allow him to be your Lord. So if you desire that today, pray this prayer with me. Precious God, come into my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. And I desire to have him as my Lord and my Savior. I give him permission to make my every decision. Be my father. Make me your child. Teach me how to live for you. If you prayed that prayer, you're now part of the body of Christ, the family of believers, and there's nothing anybody can do to stop you. The next step in your journey is to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church. And if you desire that today, follow the instructions on the screen. Go to our website, www.lovemychurch.org. Click Contact Us. Fill out a connection card. Let us know you received Christ today. Let us know you desire to be a part of the body of Christ, that you want to be a part of my church. And one of our ministers will get back with you give you the next steps in your journey, help you along that process. We'll be glad to do so. We are virtual ministry, but we have the means in place to help walk you through discipleship virtually. We have people who connect with you. We have virtual uh, discipleship groups that meet together. Trust me, we, we, we will walk you through this life together. You'll have a support team. That's what we're here for. People who will pray with you, talk with you, help you through this wall. If you desire that today, just go to our website, click contact us, send us a message, and somebody will get in contact with you. Secondly, if you've been blessed by this message and you want to help us continue to spread the gospel around the world, 
click the donate button. Sow a financial seed. You can use Cash App, dollar sign My Church Lynchburg, PayPal.me forward slash My Church Lynchburg, or you can use the Givelify app. However you desire to give, just know that your gifts are going to help us continue to spread the gospel, to do the work that God has called us to do. God has given us a mandate to spread the gospel to make sure that believers have what they need to become well-rounded believers. And that's why you're watching us on all these platforms, because this is the mandate God has given us. We have stretched out. We have founded this streaming faith platform on Roku, Firestick, Apple TV. We have our own apps, website. We have, we have the word available on every platform that we, can, that we can think of because we believe that there should be no excuse not to get the word. And not only do we have word, we have all kinds of Christian programming available. We have men's ministry, women's ministry, marriage ministry, substance abuse ministry. We have Christian talk shows. We have, we have all kinds of things available so that you'll have one place that you can come and you can get all of the information you need to help you become well-rounded, to help you continue and to sustain you and support you and encourage you in your walk with Christ. And so if you desire any of that, just make sure that you go download the My Church channel on Roku, Firestick, Apple TV, or get the My Church on the Go app on your favorite mobile device, your smartphone, your tablet, from the Apple or Google Play App Store. Because I'm telling you, we, we are doing all of this. And so if you want to help support us in that effort, make sure that you sow a seed, because I'm telling you, ministry costs. But this is, our, this is our assignment to the body, to make sure that you have what you need in your time of need. God bless you today. We love you. Make sure that you come back and see us again on next time. We love you. Thanks for watching the word at my church. And please stay tuned for our announcements. God bless you. I'm Pastor Tuck. I love you. See you again on next time. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Firestick, or Apple TV, or visit mychurchchannel.org. You can also download the My Church on the Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word at My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word at My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.